Oh man, yeah, we're uh, actually you guys. Uh, I wish I wish the listeners could see what's happening right now, uh, just because you know we've chosen to uh, semi isolate. So we have me and David in one corner, and then uh, Gabe, who just looks like a um, like a Beverly Hills cop in the in, in the iPhone. I've no, been man. listening to "This Is the End" by the Doors yeah. all day yeah. and dancing around this room in my apartment like Martin Sheen. It's really, it's really cool. I I, I like this. It's like uh, it's it's a cool side of gay. Well, I mean, also, I mean, I don't know if I'm getting too much in your business, but you did get your eyes altered recently. So this is like you can wear big time sunglasses now you know yeah now i wear sunglasses indoors at night yeah cool. <laughs> that's <laughs> fucking <scarves>. cool <laughs> yeah if you didn't have if you didn't have like a rack of books right behind you yeah that's right yeah that would you, i would totally think that you were like one of those like guys that was like replying to aoc being like you communist <laughs> bastard <laughs> i want to make out with you yeah, yeah. <laughs> well uh i'm taking after my true king uh joe biden and i'm wearing sunglasses to sort of become a living embodiment of the memes of him eating ice cream yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you, the aviators the fact that they're not just silver like they're a very reflective bluish red <laughs> it's a great it's a great uh do you just try to hide the deer and headlights look that you constantly have yeah <laughs> yeah where well, did that I am, come from i am terrified by the uh by the pandemic yeah and, uh, <laughs> and the uh global collapse of the economy so yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, le- I'm letting in. I've let Danny into my home, even though um, I know he's full of germs, and that's because I still refuse to learn how to edit audio on my own. Yeah. That's how committed of a luddite I am. I refuse. I will allow disease into my home. Yeah, I'm a disease, dude. I'm a fucking disease. I'm just. Bro, everybody goes through a Lysol cloud before they get to enter my house. Yeah, they. Yeah, it's like um, in summer when there's like children <laughs> running through what those like sprinklers where it's tss, you know it's. Uh, I heard my roommate doing that earlier it's today like fi- too. It's like a fire hydrant in bedsty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, in the summer, in the summer, that is. Yeah. Uh, so, so boys, here we are. It's Ponzi scream. Uh, we're we're doing it. Another episode in the middle of the crisis, and I need to so, know what who who's on the docket today. We got. Do we have any criminals? <laughs> we, so, we we certainly do have criminals. So th- this is a three act day. Yeah. Th- so we got a one good one one good one because Danny has been complaining a lot about how financial advisors who commit crimes aren't cool enough. No, yeah, I, I mean, um, yeah, they're all, they're usually just some fucking Poindexter. You yeah, know, they just like buy like really cliche stuff. You know, but like this guy. An ex Morgan Stanley advisor was suspended for allegedly selling firearms to his friends. He was selling <laughs> guns to his friend. That's yeah. fucking yeah. badass. By yeah, the way. yeah, dude. He's a gun runner, man. Um, what kind of guns was he? I mean, I assume big ones, but like, you know. I mean, uh, he could uh, be doing antiques. He could be doing like OG Remington repeaters that they used right after the Civil War. Or he could be doing some more uh, gauche stuff, like some Taurus nine millimeters with extension clips and hollow point shells. Oof, you know, it's, man, uh, one of the yeah. I don't know that, much about weapons. Uh, yeah, apparently you don't. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, go on. So he was um, 
He was apparently involved in gunsmithing as well. What? This motherfucker. Okay, so this is Benjamin Kaz Fujihara. Um, so he was uh, at Morgan Stanley, and they were pr- approved his request in 2017 to... Um, Restoring and woodworking firearms. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait. So, you just like doing some like gunsmithing. That's very. Uh, what is it? The Walking Dead. Like he. Yeah, would, yeah, yeah. He would be a, 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 a valuable asset on Hilltop. Oh yeah, he would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For That's sure. That's so interesting. Wait, so he said he had to declare to them, "Hey, I'm also making some guns too." Yeah. So there, it's against uh, certain rules. Uh, FINRA rules. If you, if you remember FINRA, the uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So they have some rules about you having outside business, basically, while you're a financial advisor. Okay, this is uh, crazy because you're allowed to buy guns and walk into public schools with them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but FINRA won't let you have a side business uh, making your own artisanal pirate guns and muskets. Dude, this guy would have been great on YouTube. I'm not even joking. I watch these kinds of videos on YouTube where a guy will come up with like a fucking, you know, Mohsin Nagant uh, rifle from the Russian or rather the USSR and he'll restore it and it'll make it look beautiful. But this guy, this is so weird. So what it was, was he, Morgan Stanley allowed him to have a side hustle, um, his employer, so long as his involvement to gunsmithing was involved staying away from using his federal firearms license to act as a firearms dealer. Morgan Stanley also allegedly warned Fujihara that he would need to get written approval before changing the scope of his outside business activities. Uh, <laughs> God. Yeah. Wait, oh, wait, this is so funny. He, so he was selling them to his friend <laughs> at Morgan Stanley. <laughs> oh, you can't do that. That you're you're gonna why would you uh it sounds I mean there's like so his much- friend is a snitch. Don't post the weapons on Instagram. Yeah, man. Don't talk about it on the Slack. They'll read it. Yeah, you can't just like you can't <laughs> just like uh, have a friend who is also your coworker and then just post a picture of you know a fucking Tommy gun and be like, oh, it's it's brand new. Thanks. Oh, 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 wait. I shouldn't be posting this. What? I already posted it. Oh no! Like that's the whole caption. Uh, so it was two friends. He sold guns to two of his friends. They asked if he could purchase one rifle for him, and both sales were at cost, quote-unquote. Yeah. He says that his LLC made zero profits on these sales. They were favors for friends, one of whom is a veteran. Oh, Aww. that's nice. That's nice. That's very nice. What was the fine? It said the fine. I saw the number. It wasn't uh, very big, was $5, it? $5,000 fine. That's... N- <sighs> without admitting or denying, but... I think the important takeaway from this is not only now um, are brokers cool; they are arming for the revolution. Yeah, they 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 are they're getting guns. Uh, are we? You know? uh, well, again, they're going to be coming at us with muskets and, like I said, <laughs> Masin Nagant uh, USSR rifles and stuff. Meanwhile, like some you know, our friends in Kentucky and Texas are going to be coming up with like. Does it eagle point five oh like you know big ass you know magnums and shit like that? So yeah. something tells me that they will be uh, blown away in the same way that the actual British were blown away when their 
decided to wear red to a battlefield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Biggest so, mistake, man. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be like, oh, they're not standing in a, a T formation. What, That's you, cheating. <laughs> what you got What you got to do is you got to get yellow for two reasons. One, it's the color of sun. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look at the sun for too long, you go blind. Enemy, enemy is totally vanquished. Yeah. Number two, it's the color of cowardice. And if your enemies look at the cowardice for too long, then they themselves become cowardly. Yeah. And then they lose. Yeah. Never choose red. Red inspires fear. Yeah. This will be just like when Anger. World War One started as well, when like the French were still wearing like a, f- a plume, a plumed oh, hat I with like those. feather. Yeah. But yeah. That, for the first year of World War One, they legitimately wore like 19th century garb. And then they were like, uh oh, that's right. We have modern weapons now. So <laughs> time to invade, uh, time to invent the Luft helmet, which was like yeah, the Nazi I, I don't helmet. I who it was. I think it was the Polish that were uh, charging with lances on horses against panzer tanks yeah Sick. yeah <laughs> yeah polish went down real fast that sucks uh, man that yeah. fucking sucks the, or the the rather the austro-hungarians they went down they were not they were a liability for the germans for sure <laughs> yeah yeah can't tell you yeah but yeah i think that's what's gonna whatever happened to the hungarian like like hegemony man like the like hungarians were part of the austro-hungarian empire why did they all of a sudden like get sidelined to being some like you know second tier bitch? You know, I do, like, I I've, ne- I've hung- never seen like the the rise of the Hungarians again. Like that's yeah. just never really. The Austro-Hungarians were a power couple, and then when they broke up, uh, Austro just kept going, and and Hungary. Yeah. No, I think I think. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. Dude, I, guess. I think they kind of like got the better deal out of. I think they both won because Austria gets to continue being Austria, where Mozart's from, yeah. being very and Hitler, very yeah, being very and, just sort of regal and stuff. And then and, Hungary just gets to be like Budapest, like party center. You know, they don't uh, like Hungary comes out great compared to like Poland, which is just like the European yeah. whipping boy. You know, just always getting fucking owned <laughs> again and again <laughs> meanwhile hungary's just sort of like yeah we like to do ecstasy all day in budapest you know yeah they're like a cooler i mean they're like they're like an even cooler prog yes it's always the way that i think of of budapest of just like oh yeah Prague is over you know like yeah Prague is too cold what's yeah. you talking about like <laughs> like 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 prog is um like Austin 2015 and Budapest is Austin in 1999. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Much, much cooler. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I'm glad that guy that got fined $5,000. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens when you read the financial press all day, you yeah. just find out weird shit like this. So, so yeah. So Mr. Fujihara, good luck with your, uh, with your 30 day suspension. You will be like Gabe. Yeah. Uh, you are, <laughs> you'll uh, be like fun a, employed. Ma- yeah, All baby. Of my jobs canceled. By the way, I work with kids at a museum, and now <laughs> you're not allowed to work with kids at museums because <laughs> coronavirus. Hey, yeah. Drink that. Get on. The, get it, find your own beach, Gabe. Yeah. Coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm. Uh, and then also stand up out of the out of the question now. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. any, did, are anyone's shows still going on? Has anyone been like, we refuse? The, the, like, I've heard of a couple people, not in New York, but just in general, like, well, I don't know. I think there's two sides. It's like, this isn't a Republican Democrat thing. <laughs> no, dude. I feel like a stand-up comic, our lifestyle would lead us to become the Gwyneth Paltrow's from Contagion or that little monkey from Outbreak. You know, yeah. Because you're, you're hitting, you, you know, the, the lifestyle is like hitting two to three mics a night. 
where you're in contact holding the same microphone and touching at least 30 other people at each venue. Yeah, yeah. And then the whole audience is packed in as tight as possible. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's just like an uh, it would we we would be the carriers, the vectors, you know. Think about oh, what think absolutely. about think about what humping the stool would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Actually humping the stool would probably be the most sanitary thing you could do. It has nothing to, you know, it's just it's through your jeans. It's got a denim block, you know. There's da- no Danny, you're not humping the stool right, man. <laughs> <laughs> but man, you're not getting any fluids on the stool. You aren't even living. Yeah. Uh, Wearing denim jeans is like having a face mask on your crotch. You'll be fine. You know, there's nothing. <laughs> it's totally safe. Yeah, dude, my dick has had corona for years. You guys have, you guys are, you guys have a raw dog the stool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's the next level is somebody pulling down their full pants and then just doing a Will Ferrell from Step Brothers and rubbing their balls on I mean, the stool. The Freak in the Cave used to have the new, the naked show. Yeah. And, uh, both yeah. the audience and the comedians would get naked. And at one point, I think there was a message that went out that said, please, if you're going to be naked in the audience, uh, put hot. something down to cover the seat. Oh. Oh. That fucking venue is maybe this is party, what, this, maybe party city. This is what maybe this is what finally does the creek the creek in like yeah. like uh, it just gets taken out by a, a corona by the coronavirus. That place still just persisting, you know, after all Dude, these it years. Persists and and every year there's a different innovative uh, uh, experimental show there. I think it's the only place in the city that you could see a show like that. So yeah, so, yeah. God bless. God bless. I, I still love the fact that like. God bless. Uh, 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 like a venue that sounds like a Boney Vare album was hosting the alt right a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. The I creek forgot. In the cave. Like it's just like Milo like, Yiannopoulos. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah. uh, speaking of uh, the alt right, I guess, and yeah, uh, this disease, is uh, Mr. Alex Jones. Uh, is in trouble again. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, Alex Jones, it's funny because when David told me about this, about Alex Jones getting in trouble, my first thing was like, oh, you mean the DUI? And Alex or and then David proceeded to say, what? <laughs> because this is not the only thing that Alex Jones did this week. He Not only did Alex Jones get a DUI recently, but apparently because of coronavirus, he's been selling a toothpaste that he says will cure fight the virus fight the virus it'll fight the virus you need a nootropic toothpaste that's going to be able to help your body battle all the microbes and be antiviral okay this is a hundred percent guaranteed scientifically approved yeah exactly yeah uh he says this product act could act as a quote stop gate (laughs) Against, <laughs> that is what he would say. That's what he'd say. Against the <laughs> virus. A firewall. a firewall is something the Democrats use in North Carolina. This is yeah. a stopgate. <laughs> no, nope, folks, it's like not a firewall. That's what they the do to keep Thermopylae me. against Cyrus and his <laughs> yeah. horde of Persians. Yeah. What you got to do, folks? Oh, I can't do his voice for too long. It truly hurts my throat to do it. Folks, it's going to be a firewall, not like the ones that keep me off of the websites I like to do, folks. Uh <laughs> It's a stopgate against the virus uh, that his, quote, super blue, it's called super blue toothpaste, which is funny. Yeah. Um, kills the whole SARS corona family at point, point blank, blank range. range. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now I'm seeing the Brady Bunch squares in my head, and I'm like, okay, well, corona's on one square. We've got SARS on another square. Yeah. Ebola's the distant cousin. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, 
There and then it just says immediately below that there are no products, vaccines, or drugs approved to treat or cure the virus. Uh, <laughs> uh, folks, uh, I'm over here in my bunker, uh, still drunk from when I was driving my car earlier. Uh, sham product. <laughs> Apparently, this is a big deal, though. Like, uh, uh, we, were, we talked about this, uh, like maybe four or five episodes ago about how this is before when it was still in China or yeah. something. The SEC. May, had a warning about um, investment opportunities That's to right. invest in the cure. And they were like, be careful, everyone. Yeah. Uh, this is the thing. Um, and so Alex Jones probably, you know, I mean, what I, what, I, what I really want this show to be especially, and what I want is the same way that Alex Jones probably treated that press release, is for an opportunistic person to treat a dire warning and criticism as an opportunity to... Um, create their own scam and to take advantage yeah, of it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I want from from this show. And um, so when you hear of us talking about how horrible things are, we're well, really saying wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, yeah. Do your own thing, man. Follow your heart. Look, invest I don't in your uh, own sham today. Anybody that listens or reads fiction has uh, seen the Alex Jones story told before. And uh, if you've watched Contagion. That's Jude Law's character uh, is a blogger who promotes this uh, herbal supplement called Forsythia that's supposed Ugh. to stop uh, the pl- whatever the, the viral plague is that's infecting yeah. everyone. And, uh, and then if you, if you read uh, World War Z, that's another book that kind of deals with this, this concept of trying to ins- – um, the, 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 uh, what is it? The tension between our um, capitalist incentive uh, to create products – uh, versus the uh, a more communal idea of taking care of the public good, and like in yeah. World War Z, this guy creates a fake uh, vaccine. If you get bit by zombies, he's like, "Hey, this drug Phalanx will help you take this uh, supplement, Phalanx." So all these people wow. run out and they buy Phalanx, and they think that they're it'll, it'll be okay. They can like socialize around zombies, but uh uh-uh. the bite it's the just like a sugar pill. Kill you. It's just like a sugar pill or something. Yeah, yeah. it's a sugar pill. Gotcha. Yeah, cool. this this dovetails very nicely too into that guy. I mean, this is a little related, but like that guy who also bought eighteen thousand bottles of like cleaning supply, uh, or or uh, like what was Purell? Seventeen thousand bottles of Purell. Purell and other sanitary wipes and what have you. And then the New York Times did a a, a thing about him about how he can't sell seventeen thousand bottles of stuff that he hoarded, and then <laughs> and then like um the world and all news media and people promptly insinuated donate this or we'll kill you. <laughs> like everyone was just like, if you do not give away the, the stuff that you are hoarding from people, we will murder you. But I, what, I don't know. I mean, maybe David, you might have a, I don't like my opinion on this is that uh, he is just a, 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 a version of what every American is trained to do on steroids. Yeah, it's like we, he, he already um, trained himself to do this, selling sneakers and like uh, tickets to concerts. The that hustle he purchased ahead of time uh, to increase the value by uh, increasing the scarcity. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's like this is like oh yeah, man, New York hustle. You know, buy seventeen thousand bottles of Purell and price gouge the shit out of it. Like <laughs> like that. That's the a natural endpoint of people being like, hey, can't knock the hustle. You know, like. He's making something of himself. He's he's contributing to the economy, but you know, I mean, it's like this is um, it, it shows how really vapid those things end up becoming 
when you're doing something that is um, not actually good for society. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's th- these are one of the times where something that's good for the economy is n- very, very clearly not the same thing as good for society. Yeah, so and like, they're actually I, adverse I, I, to each other. I, I know that there's a difference. This is kind of like where I thought the the idea of insider trading feels a little murky to me. In the same way, the idea behind uh, making a profit versus profiteering that also yeah. seems like a like a, a nebulous area for me because everybody who makes money off of war to me is a war profiteer. Yeah, but. We've sanctioned some people where it's it's it, where that's acceptable, or like why is Jeff Bezos and Amazon selling hand sanitizer right now different than this guy selling it? I mean, I think that if you were a full blown communist, then you would say there's no such there's no difference between profit yeah, and profiteering. Yeah. Um, but then, like most people on the left, just say there's no such thing as there is no ethical consumption under capitalism, which is kind of the same thing of like all forms of like monetary exchange are oppressive in some way inherently. Um, I think that commerce is inevitable. Like not like, not, a, not like anyone asked me, I guess. Um, so thanks for David, asking. Is guys. commerce inevitable? <laughs> I, I, I think, <laughs> I think that trade, I think that like trade, even in a barter system is an inevitable part function of human society. It will always happen. Um, and the question is, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to steer it in a way um, that is actually egalitarian? And I think that's kind of the real question about, of, of like, that, that's the $64,000 question of communism, right? Um, is like, what do you actually, how do you, how do you negotiate the exchange of resources in a way that's not inherently oppressive? Cruel, unusual. Cruel or unusual, right? Um, and I guess though, you know, that's like also kind of an idea behind like decommodification. Like, how do you, what is what is something what does it mean to commodify a product uh what to commodify something in this world and when you do that um what sort of kind of like oppression comes into that so when you say purell is being created by the state it's going to be administered and given to everyone for free that is a decommodified product that is just a thing available for free to everyone um Universally, for the specific purpose of containing a virus. Whereas, if you commodify it, it's on Amazon. It's available f- at cost, or it's available for a small profit for them. Um, and you can get it for- in different flavors, or with yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you, yeah can- you can get it in different flavors. You can use you, it's for available for a small profit, so that way Amazon can like, you know, throw their dick around and you know, uh, basically like. Use ant, you know, monopoly power to kind of kick out competitors. Yeah. Um, and then, or you can do like what this guy did and basically do like straight up price gouging. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, it's it's not like I I, I don't think there's like a, a if you extrapolate it enough, you find Amazon to be at fault uh, to an extent with all their other crimes against humanity too. Uh, this guy was just an idiot and put a uh, a um. Uh, a target on his back. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think some people on the left would be like, "Oh yeah, there's no difference between this guy, this this seventeen thousand dollar seventeen thousand Purell bottle guy, and Jeff Bezos." Yeah, there's, I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of people who would make that who would make that argument. I think that it's an interesting argument for sure. Well, like my thing is is that I don't want to make him the scapegoat because to me it feels like like when we watch The Big Short together. Yeah, at the end yeah. of The Big Short, 
they made one uh, one stockbroker the scapegoat and fall guy for the entire financial collapse. Totally. And he was like small fries. So yeah. even though this guy um, is is very amoral uh, for hoarding whatever it is, 21,000 uh, vials of Purell or whatever, <laughs> he yeah. is not the reason that everything is collapsing. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, That's right. It's like, um, you know, it's like me in the summer when I will walk by my block and there will be a fire hydrant on and it'll be on for literally a week straight. And I'm like, God damn it why is this wasting so much water but in reality the amount of water that that fire hydrant wastes is still comparatively small to like how much it just gets used by like you know whatever like microchip corporation you know that needs a lot of water or you know however money like sprinklers get yeah, used right. by like rich people or like the uh the use of by industries a factory using an entire like just uh funneling a river in and uh, using all of the river water to industrially cool its, its uh, textile factory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. One of, it's like you or, have to train yourself. Or me, who's uh, been uh, using my bed, uh, using for my bed a running toilet. Just <laughs> for 15 years, I've just been having the toilet running over my head while I sleep. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that's kind of a little bit wasteful, frankly. Yeah, um, yeah. That's my. That's just. That's just how I sleep. It's a Jewish thing. You guys wouldn't understand. It's a ritual. It's yeah, a ritual. Well, you know, you it sounds, it's peaceful. The sound of a waterfall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, look, I got. I got one of those ambient sound. Forget <laughs> it. You can just buy one of these, David. <laughs> I'm. I'm using uh thirty thousand gallons of water a day for it. <laughs> <laughs> look, do not oppress. Do not oppress my people. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, so this, so Alex Jones, he, um, he got caught by the New York attorney general, Letitia James. Um, she said as coronavirus continues to pose serious risks to public health, Alex Jones has spewed outright lies and has profited off of New Yorkers anxieties. She said that his claims are incredibly dangerous. Um, and yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's the that's that's kind of the whole story. Also, um, just like one of the many things out. Like like I said, not oh, only did one. Alex Jones get a DUI this week, not only is he getting told by the state of New York, please stop selling toothpaste that doesn't kill coronavirus, but he's also like now, like as we speak, in the middle of a court case that basically, or or just got done, basically litigating. A situation where the people who died, whose children died in the Parkland shooting can now officially sue him. Sandy Hook. I meant to say Sandy Hook. So like this is yeah. like this is like small potatoes for Alex Jones, he, comparatively speaking. Yeah, I mean, I do respect, I do respect. He's like, I just have, to, I must keep committing crimes. I must be litig be litigating something <laughs> at, like, at, at yeah. every every yeah. juncture. Don't you, knock you, the hustle. Yeah, uh, ABC baby, always be conning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, also, um, this, another part of this story. This is from the New York Times. Uh, the, on Monday, the Trump administration issued warning letters to seven companies that were selling fraudulent coronavirus products, including teas, essential oils, tinctures, and colloidal silvers, um, and ordered them to take corrective <laughs> measures. So, um, the Jim Backer show, which Jim is, Baker, I think. 
It's Joe Baker. I think it is Jim Baker. Oh, that's yeah. stupid. <laughs> Spell your name right, it's Backer. Spe- it's spelled B A K K E R, so I can see why you more yeah. like B A K K K. But he was allegedly selling products containing labeled to contain silver and misleadingly saying they could treat and cure the um, coronavirus. Uh, so then Letitia James also sent a cease and desist letter to Baker Show to stop allowing the sale of colloidal silver, in which small flakes of silver are suspended in fluid. Um, after a guest claimed it could eliminate the disease within 12 hours, <laughs> colloidal silver is not safe or effective to treat any yeah. disease or symptoms. According to the FDA, it can even be dangerous to a person's health. Um, I know. So- <laughs> what are you going to be putting heavy metals in your body are not good for you. That's crazy. Um, so there's uh, I, I want to show you guys something. Um, there's um, OK, because actually I know somebody in my life who um, was raised uh, in like by like, in an organic household, uh, vegan household, and they had her taking um, colloidal silver all the time. And there's a man who turned blue from having too much colloidal silver. <laughs> oh, this man, dude! Oh, okay, game, game. Into a Smurf. Look at him; he turned actually blue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, the blue that's man. Horrifying. Yeah, he took too much colloidal silver. He looks like and an now alien he's... in that show, Bright. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he looks. He this for context. This man is Straight purple. Up. He's Straight like. Up. Straight up, straight man. up, purpley Dude, blue. Yeah, he, he is. He looks like a plum. He is Veruca Salt post bubblegum. Oh, this is wait. But if and that's Lean like a bef- was a person, he looks like Lean. Yeah, he does look like lean, dude. No, dude. Oh my, no. He is just a, like he's wearing suspenders. He knows he looks like a uh, fucking Smurf. Yeah, he, he he's really leaning into uh, it. Oh yeah, I mean, like good for you, I guess. You gotta have a brand. Um, but yeah, he um he, oh he died after and then he had a heart attack and a stroke. Yeah, um uh, because he took bad. two. He took too much colloidal silver. Um, <laughs> so anyways, it's not going to uh, cure coronavirus, but it will give you a cool social media presence. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, me, I'm not into that. I'm uh, I'm taking colloidal copper so I can turn green as hell, man. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. Statue yeah. of Liberty. That's yeah, you're going I want to turn green. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, like, it's all kind of happening. There's all this price gouging and stuff like that. eBay and Amazon are, recent, are notifying sellers. Uh, so that's you know, juicy. So- We've covered two cri- uh, two criminals today, and uh, what what else we have going on? Yeah, um, I mean, I guess I, I want to talk about something that's a little bit uh, different uh, from the coronavirus. If that's if that's cool with you guys. I yeah, mean- you, you know, we wanna we'll keep you we'll keep you in the loop as far as all virality and disease related things go. Of course, um, but I, I think I think tonight I think now we should uh, talk about. Uh, Arbitration, I guess, is really a big one. Arbitration is what we're going to be talking it's, about tonight. It's something that we've been wanting to talk about for a while um, because it is in dispute, and it has been. It's one of the things that like liberal Democrats and moderate Democrats both think is a necessary thing. This is like um, one of the one of the like Obama, Biden, you know, even like Clinton initiatives that it's like really good for like consumers and stuff like that basically so arbitration reform so arbitration uh, uh i mean do we do we know what arbitration is absolutely I can te- not i can i can uh let me tell you what i think it is All right. based off of the thing that happened to me because one time i took a landlord to court back in portland this must have been 10 years ago but before we got there 
uh, we, me and my roommate at the time got so afraid of the idea that we could actually have to pay him $2,000 or whatever because he countersued us back. We sued oh, him shit. and he countersued us. So before we did that, before we were about to go to court, we said, um, I guess we will end up doing the arbitration thing. And then we did. And wow. we went to like a room and we arbitrated and we got nothing. <laughs> you guys so, lost. So we lost. Well, we, well, nothing happened. We just, uh, we sued him initially and then okay. he countersued us as a threat, essentially. Got it. And uh, then it, we all, we came, we both came away with zero, essentially. Unless you just agreed to, agreed to disagree. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was our arbitration, essentially. So where was the arbitration? Was it like in a lawyer's office? Was it was it- in, it was actually in a courtroom, but it was like in a different, a side courtroom where he said like, you owe me, the, or we were like, we were forced to pay this amount when it only cost this amount. And then he said, that's not how much it costs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it was basically just this weird fugue state we were both in. We were, we were, we were like, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Like, <laughs> and there was a guy, there was like a person there who was like, you're both wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my that was my version of arbitration. I think that's a, that pretty much sums it up. And I don't think we need to talk about it anymore. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, <laughs> that, problem solved. Uh, so like, ba- I mean, it is side court. I think that you put it easily. Arbitration is side court. Side court, yeah. And it has basically legal. It's not like um, a traditional judge. Um, you can have anyone be an arbitrator. Um, you, th- there are arbitrators um, that have specific, um, you know, certifications. Thing called like the American Arbitration Association is um, like a big one. You don't even have to have a law degree to AAA. be an arbitrator. Yeah, triple A. You're like AAA. a notary of the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get yeah. a little certificate. You put it uh, on your on your vest, right next to your cuddle party lifeguard certification <laughs> yeah, and your I voted sticker. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the nerdiest Boy Scout on earth. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. So, I mean, arbitration is that, and this is the the Democrats have constantly wanted to, um, basically, they they have wanted to reform it such that it doesn't become so ubiquitous. It has become a part of so much of our lives. Um, all the time. I mean, like, uh, if you look at the fine print of anything you buy, you are by the time you open up the package, just you cons- is you consenting to arbitration, um, which is something that happens, which is very strange. Yeah, um, yeah. So, like, any, I mean, like, there are some claims that, um, like, basically, if you open up the package, any liability claims, like. Uh, shit not functioning correctly yeah 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 yeah. So, so, and that like co- makes you you know that causes you harm you know like there's some there's some uh malfunction in the design some malfunction in the creation of the product or some failure to warn yeah like these sorts of liability that, yeah that yeah you, you like sting your hand on an iphone yeah from you, you get your you get your new bidet from an online seller and basically it says once you put this on your toilet, it basically uh, guarantees that if you do blow your balls off with your new bidet, they're not liable for anything. Yeah, you have to go to arbitration to settle it. Basically. Yeah, you, you, your ballless self has to go <laughs> yeah. there, and no balls in a, in, a, in, a, in a place where a guy goes like, hmm, I bet you're arbitrating me with no balls right now, and you're like, oh, you know I am here, oh. Now, is this, is arbitration the way that, uh, that, um, Donald Trump got out of so many lawsuits in in his past. I mean, that's how a lot of people get out of lawsuits because it's it's I mean, 
arbitration can be both formal and informal. Like if you're going to go, it can be part of the lawsuit itself. It can be like, I file a complaint against you in court and then you guys agree to get that to move it to arbitration. Yeah. Cause then, arbitration you know, could be a part of a settlement, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it can, or it can lead to a settlement. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so it's just like an out of court basically. I mean the, the easiest answer of an arbitration is just like a negotiating table. That's like the easiest way to understand what arbitration is. It's just like either a, it, you have an agreed upon process for this specific issue to resolve this specific thing and you enter and like you guys both consent to the process and then you follow the process through and you see who wins. It sounds that, great. So you mean we don't have to go to court. We can just sit at a table. We bring we get Starbucks brought to us by our assistants. What's, yeah. What's the problem? I mean, it's certainly um, it, it's certainly cheaper for the employer um, or not for the employer for the for the, the government usually for the defense. Yeah. Yeah. Usually for the defense, it's cheaper than going to court. Right. Because if you're a plaintiff, you are generally you're going to hire an attorney who is getting a contingency fee, meaning they're only going to get paid if you win. Um, but for the defense, it's expensive to go to court. It takes forever. You have to, you got to hire lawyers. You got to respond to all these briefs. It could take years to deal with this like bidet that blew off some guy's balls, balls. Yeah, in yeah. Brooklyn, you know, and yeah. it just take forever. So they want to go to arbitration to make it go faster. The problem with that is, is that courts are complicated and slow and inefficient because for a reason for by design by design they are like it is supposed to be a slow and inefficient process because the inefficiency is where you get um a fair hearing from both sides yeah it's where you get your rights to civil procedure um things like that and like the ability to like get all evidence on the table to get all witnesses heard to make sure that there's not some like shitty motion that's gonna you know end this thing very quickly whereas in arbitration you know if you're a plaintiff or if you're like danny who's suing his landlord for getting his balls blown off then you uh then you might not know all the details of arbitration you're just gonna get some lawyer and they're gonna we're gonna go to arbitration they say okay fine what um what oftentimes will happen is your lawyer and their lawyer will pick will get together They'll each choose an arbitrator, and then the two arbitrators themselves will get together and choose a third arbitrator. What the fuck? Isn't that, that crazy? That's that crazy. Is, see, that seems huh. unnecessary. Yeah. It's, uh, so that's the idea behind it, right? Is that you guys have an arbitrator, they have an arbitrator, and then the two arbitrators choose the third arbitrator, and that creates the, a three-arbitrator panel to rule on the arbitration. Uh, a and triumvirate. Triumvirate. A yeah. Triumvirate. So you're getting yeah. like your own little mini jury, essentially. Yeah you, yeah. you get your. Yeah. I mean, well, they're the judge and the jury at the same time. That's so. Yeah. It's it. It's uh. It's definitely. It. The, I think the other thing too that I think you sort of touched on was like the idea that like when you arbitrate something, you're keeping it out of the court system, so you're keeping it in the dark somewhat like that is that is exactly right i did not bring that up but that's that's a good point yeah i mean that's like kind of one of the reasons i mean this is a little bit of an aside but like that's why like we work crash so hard is because once they filed their s1 and said like these are how much assets we actually have and how we're going to make money and how they were like no no this is how we'll make money everybody was like that's not how you make money like they, <laughs> they exposed what happened and because that got sort of dragged out 
into the light because like that particular type of filing form requires that you basically explain how you're going to do everything. People were like, no. And that is, it's, that's kind of why it sounds like that's one of the bad sunshine is the best disinfectant kind of a thing. Yeah. It's definitely one of those things. And like, I think arbitration kind of seemed also kind of like one of those things that got popular because like court systems were overworked, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's like kind of true, but like, it's also like a symptom of like crony capitalism of really just like big, big corporations inserting uh, arbitration, like mandatory arbitration in every single consumer agreement yeah. that you purchase. It got overused. Single, it got, it, it got, re- yeah. and, um, and, and, abused. And, and, and it gets, and it gets, becomes, it becomes part of like employment contracts, employment agreements, um, any sort of like, yeah, any consumer agreement, antitrust sort of uh, issues, civil and even civil rights. You can like, you might not even know what sort of like a uh, situation you could be. And we're like, you are signing an employer agreement. And little did you know that in the fine print, you are signing away your right to go to court over suing your employer for civil rights violations. Yeah. Um, and, and Danny's exactly right. The whole purpose of the legal system being in the open um, is so that everyone can see it so that way people can judge you first off that's a night it's important right yeah, for all the messy for all the messy bitches yeah you gotta yeah. create drama because the press uh, the press can write about anything that happens in court but they don't necessarily see what's happening during arbitration absolutely oh absolutely. yeah so you, i feel like that's like a big part of it where they're just sort of like one of the underlying points of arbitration is that like they'll write in a contract where it's just like this will not be public <laughs> furthermore yeah. you are going to sign an nda that's you right. know that's right that's right so they, they want they want to keep it private they want to keep it quiet keep it out of the press um and uh that influences public opinion so we have no idea all the bad things that big bad boys might be committing because they agreed to arbitrate and then they agreed to privately settle as well. Yeah. You know? And so that's one issue, um, which influences policy, right? Cause if we knew all the bad things that they were doing, then we would probably be a lot more upset at bad guys and we'd want things to change. Right. You bad guys are doing bad things. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but the, the thing from a legal perspective, it also has issues because it is not, um, in, the like legal record and how our law works is it is based on precedent. It is based oh, on yes. precedent. Precedent. Yeah. Precedent. Okay. What, precedent. Not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. P R E C E D E N T. Yeah. What other judges have said in the past influences future judges, right? Because how a judge rules is precedent and that is given weight and you have to basically defer oftentimes to the past that's why the law is inherently a conservative institution is because of its admiration of precedent yeah and so but that, but but at the same time that helps build the law that helps build our understanding and our uh, uh, the specifics of certain cases of certain uh, areas of the economy and of life, you know, like if, so if we, um, didn't arbitrate everything, um, then we would know just how fucked up this ball busting bidet yeah, would yeah. be. And there would be plenty of case law on how fucked up the ball busting bidet would be. And a judge would better be able to understand, um, you know, why this ball busting bidet is the fault of the manufacturer 
Um, not and not just me cleaning of, my balls too much. Not well, the fault of Danny. Does this go a little bit into like let's say with uh, we'll take Harvey Weinstein, and uh, he had a track record already of committing assaults, and but then he would get like the 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 uh, women that would come forward, they would get bullied into settling. Yeah, uh, for yeah. A cash settlement, and then they'd have to sign an NDA. So there was this like. You know, years of these abuses that had kind of been um, not put on the public record because the cases had been settled. Yeah, I, I mean, does does that? Yes. Work? Yeah. So then, when it finally comes to the surface, he's only getting charged for a couple people when he had this whole string of of people who have already settled. Um. Yeah, I think that that's exactly right. You know, I mean, like, yeah. It, it, it ultimately favors the defense, and the defense oftentimes are the powerful. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of an easy, like a very, very simplistic way of looking at it, but generally if you hear like an attorney is a defense attorney, unless they're a public defender, um, a, a defense attorney is generally an attorney that deals whose clients are the wealthy and powerful. Yeah, I think I think the the Weinstein example is like it's sort of halfway there because it would be uh, I think an arbitration thing would would be like if you walk into Harvey Weinstein's office and you immediately sign a paper that says, hey, if Harvey Weinstein rapes you, it's not your you got to go arbitrate, you know, yeah. With, um, like his things, I think more fall into just the straight up you, we settlement like it, it's like there's no. Like you, you know, he allegedly does something and then there's like a settlement thing. The, I think the arbitration thing is more for like, um, not civil, like not civil where, uh, it would be stuff that wouldn't be on SVU. Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, like, uh, that certainly makes a lot like, don't go to the police. Here's some money would be it's yeah, certainly yeah, like a yeah. criminal cover up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's true, but it's the same principle for both, in my opinion. For sure, yeah, um, it, it's it definitely it's in the same genus. Yeah. So, so what happened was, um, uh, this past year, the Democrats passed it in the House, this arbitration reform that would make it, but that would basically make invalid mandatory uh, arbitration clauses in a huge swath of the economy and life um, invalid. Okay, so upon signing an employment agreement, um, you know, if it says that you have to go to, ar- if you have to arbitrate a civil rights claim, this new law would basically invalidate that clause of that se- of that employment agreement. Um, that passed the House in October, and hey, well, what happened rate. in the Senate? Late se- <laughs> late late September. Yeah, it's a, it's a good law. Um, it failed. I mean, I didn't. It didn't go anywhere. Obviously, I'm oh, sure. Mitch, it got shot down. Yeah, are you down. telling me something got shot down <laughs> in the United States Senate, David? Because no I do not believe you. Yeah, exactly. So uh, this is something that was like even people as like moderate as like Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg were calling for like arbitration reform. This is a very like straightforward. We got to protect consumers. You know, like it's not even that much of like a pro worker thing. It kind of is, but it's not like. It's pro worker in the sense of like, um, we need to like have more 
employment discrimination lawsuits that go to court instead of like we need to protect the labor movements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it you know Those what it different, does different things. It falls in that weird little discreet crack where it is where like arbitration court isn't a thing that the people on the other side are like making fuck tons of money off of. It's like the only people who like profit off of that or whatever are the are like the literal ghouls who are like I uh, yeah you you've got your balls blown off by me. You know like it's just <laughs> it's just though it's just those uh, guys. Uh, uh, uh. Like if there was if there was some bureaucratic, you know, mechanism that made it so like it was incredibly profitable to keep it, then I can assure you Joe Biden and Amy Klobuchar and like all those fucking losers would be like, well, it's just a choice that Americans should have. Yeah. And it's it's not an inherently like, you know, class analysis. It's very much like still in the like we have to protect consumers kind of a thing. And like obviously consumer like protecting consumers is nice, but it's still fundamentally kind of or like. We have to protect like specific employees in a firm from bad things happening to them. It's not like we have to protect the working class. Yeah. Um, which is just a fundamentally different way of thinking about it. Um, so anyways, this is a thing that was popular. It died in the Senate. Um, some states like um, Kentucky and Virginia, they want it to uh, curb the use of arbitration agreements as well. Um, and some... So how this ties into the financial sector is um, FINRA has its own arbitration court just for that's the financial right. sector. That's right. I remember this. So, <laughs> it's so fucked up. <laughs> so FINRA, as we've talked about a couple times, FINRA is a self-regulatory organization um, which was founded on the, in the last maybe 25 years, um, which which gets legal authority to enforce securities laws for broker dealers from the sec um but is a corporation it's a private corporation okay um and they have their own arbitration system um and in the arbitration system there are all sorts of really weird um little loopholes and weird little things about it um and it's been a topic of huge discussion about what they would do about like all these weird issues for it for example probably something elizabeth warren has mentioned uh back when her candidacy was happening or something yeah i mean this is the sort of stuff that warren would really get into yeah yeah. like this the the, this we're really showing the spectrum right of the of the former democratic candidates from pete and amy just like generic arbitration reform to like liz warren like no no, we're gonna go into like really deep hardcore arbitration reform you know where she's like there is something she actually did talk about how there was some issues with it she like wrote a letter um when she was a senator are you telling me elizabeth warren wrote a letter that's crazy <laughs> no what <laughs> she did she got into it man she she got into it she said um she saw it so basically uh one really crazy thing about the arbitration process with finra is this thing called expungements so in FINRA arbitration so anytime that you have a securities lawsuit against a broker um, instead of it going to court, it gets arbitrated by this FINRA arbitrators, right? And if you get a complaint against, lodged against you, um, it goes on your record called broker check. And we talked yes, about this before, right? Yes, I love broker check. We've seen broker check before. It shows all the little red dots of all the little crimes you committed or all the little crimes you've been accused of. Yeah. Okay, so 
that is the financial industry's own little like accountability system, right? Them kind of trying to own up to their own. We put a little dot by your name. We put a little dot by your name. And, uh, but, um, and so that's kind of their own thing about like precedent, right? Like if so, so if you're a consumer, you want to look for a broker, you look on broker check, they see that they've been accused of eight crimes. They, um, were found guilty of six. Okay. You probably don't want this guy, right? Um, Brokers right. you want the guy that committed all eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, want, want a real dirt bag. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you I want a big swing, swing for the fences. Hey, That's man, why would you want to have sex with a virgin? You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 you, want a, you want a real woman. You want a real woman, all right? Someone who can really you know, show you the ropes. <laughs> so basically for people who, for brokers who have won their cases, basically, they were accused and they were found not guilty by these arbitrators who um, might be, you know, that, that three-panel arbitrator system, right? They, they were found not guilty of these violations, but it's still on their broker check. They want to expunge their record. Um, so an expunging your record is what, like, um, you know, like, you know, high school rich kids in the suburbs do when they get a DUI. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I was just yeah. thinking that. <laughs> this is what you do. So if you're 16 and your dad is a doctor and you get a DUI and you, you your dad hires his friend who's an attorney to take you to court and you say, look, uh, we want to take care of this. We don't want this kid. I'm like, he's a young kid. He's, he's a very good boy. He's a very nice young white boy and he's a good one. So let's... He's uh, white. A, he's white. He is white. <laughs> Let me reassure you. <laughs> we want to expunge his record. That means you get his... Even though he was found not guilty of this DUI um, because your dad's friend is a expensive lawyer... Um, you, they still want to expunge the record, get it off, even the accusation off of his record. And so expungement is a huge thing, happens all the time. Like if you go spend any time on the FINRA arbitration website, which I know all of us who listen to this show yeah, do. Dude, yeah, brother, you uh, know, I got Facebook. I, I put, if I put an F into my browser, it goes to the FINRA, <laughs> FINRAarbitration.com. I get yeah. notifications. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mine goes to findbabes.com. Yeah. <laughs> David then, just hunched over his laptop like, come on, come on. I got to find him. Find babes. Find um, ba- <laughs> there's find babes and find babes. I uh, want to find, I want to see if that's a website. I don't know. Um, it's probably like something for like find, you know, finding like uh, cows who have gone missing or something. But anyway, so like, <laughs> so the, so anyway, so uh, they, they want to get, so if you look on the FINRA arbitration website, Every day, there's probably like eight arbitration settlements or like eight arbitration decisions that are posted. Six of them usually are about expunging someone's record, a broker expunging a broker's record, and it happens so frequently that Finra itself is like, whoa, 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 this is too much. We're like getting away with it's too. This is like so clearly um, uh, bad. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So the um the self so Finra wants to do four things and that they're already in the the process of of making these changes. Um, but there's all like I've spoken to a couple attorneys uh, who are like some of them are plaintiffs attorneys, some of them are defense attorneys, and they have their own like weird little issues. But Finra is fixing probably four things. One, they are going to um create a um, a specialized pool of expungement arbitrators. So in the securities industry, you have arbitrators who handle all sorts of claims, right? You have like 
this broker was charging excessive fees. Um, this financial advisor was having us invest in uh, funds that were like not good for us. They weren't living up to their fiduciary the, duty, yeah. whatever for whatever reason. Yeah, right? this this broker stole my website findbabes.com <laughs> which is available you can buy findbabes.com on wherever you buy domains i think we should start selling purell on findbabes.com yeah yeah uh, exactly <laughs> <laughs> i just looked it up go on david so uh so anyway so what they um want to do is they want to have specialized pool of expungement arbitrators who they would they would only exist to review expungement claims because there are so many of them and there are so many arbitrators who have no idea um, even like all the details of the expungement because there's this weird, there's all these standards for why a claim should be expunged. If it's like, it has to be um, like a, a clear, like false situation. Like I accuse Danny of charging me excessive fees on the moon. This could just never happen. This is my moon. This is, this is a thing that would just never, it, it physically cannot happen. Um, but in other times, it, it could just be like, uh, I don't know, that the, the it's, or it's clearly erroneous or that the registered person was not involved in the alleged fraud or violation. So like if I say Gabe did this when really it was a guy named uh, Labe, and he <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yes David Labe Labe <laughs> Labe Pacheco I like that um, yeah uh, it's or, just a case of uh, mix mistaken identities I see mistaken identity yeah so I accuse you but then it still shows up on your broker check okay well that's kind of fucked up right yeah, yeah. you know so you want to get that <laughs> expunged I'm not Labe um and then uh then now the last I'm in one a Kafka esque nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a bug. It's gr it's horrible for you. Uh, so then uh, the last one would be that it's false. But like, what does false mean? Like, if I accuse Danny of of not obeying his fiduciary duty, and then arbitrators decide that my claim was insufficient, does that mean that my claim was false, or does that mean that I just didn't win? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You didn't have yeah. enough evidence. Yeah, it didn't have enough evidence. Like, there's was, no clarification to it. Like, okay, so you remember with the OJ trial when OJ law, uh, won the criminal, but he lost the civil. Yeah. Oh. You know what I'm talking no, about? No, I don't. Gabe, why don't you explain that? So OJ Simpson was tried in a criminal court, and there was not enough evidence to prove that he murdered uh, Ron Goldman and Nicole Simpson. And then immediately after he, he was uh, not guilty, right? Because it's a jury of your peers. And the jury, they said that there's reasonable doubt that he didn't do it. And part of it, it was that, that Mark Furman was a racist uh, police officer. So they're, they're, the, the trial was tainted. Yeah. Uh, that, so he's off. Criminal court. He is innocent. And, but how, right after that, he went to civil court. And civil court is uh, you can't go to jail if you get charged guilty in civil court. Civil yeah. court's like, you, you know, you just have to pay a fine. So, uh, but the burden of proof is much less high in a civil That's court right. than it is in a criminal yeah. court. Yeah. So uh, he was found obviously found guilty. And then, um, yeah, so he has to pay like uh, Ron Goldman's parents in perpetuity some uh, big portion of his, of his fortune. 
That's right. So the difference is, is that there wasn't enough evidence to convict him of criminal stuff, but there was enough for civil because the standards are different in criminal versus civil. Yeah. So like basically there's all these arbitrators who have no idea that there's a difference in standard in whether to get your expungement um, found not true by law or whether it was like false such that it should be expunged. Yeah, because they're not even real people. <laughs> There's no standards to it. Yeah, because yeah, these are just arbitrators. They're, they're not just, judges. They're, they're just, just dudes. They're just dudes. We, I mean, like, they might have a law degree. They might not. There's no There's no need. So basically, FINRA is like, we are going to have special people who are just expungement arbitrators. And if you want to use, if you want to arbitrate, if you want to expunge your record, you have to talk to these people only because they actually know the difference between the equi- the functional equivalent of OJ's criminal versus civil case, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, such that it would warrant expungement. Um, so the second thing that they want to do is um, they want to codify the expungement process into FINRA rules because right now you can do whatever the hell you want with, with, with it. Um, so basically, like, you can uh, request expungement as soon as... Um, someone files a suit against you. I say you violate my, defuci- my fiduciary duty. My fiduciary duty. No, sponge me down. And then you say back. And then you say back, like, no, I didn't. I would like to expunge this accusation. Yeah. Like in a counterclaim, right? Or you can do it where um, I file against you. I win or lose either way. And then afterwards, you file a suit to um, separately to me or even to your employer. Your employer will file suit against me to have that claim expunged. I'm sponging you down. Claim. I'm sponging you yeah, down. Yeah, it's a sponge back. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it's a sponge back sponge bath. Yeah, yeah. And so you can um, do either one, and they're trying to make it more like formalized, right? Yeah. One of the weirdest things that that people do is um, on FINRA expungement is they'll sue when you do the sponge back, right? When you when you like yes. The second thing that we just said, yes, okay, yes, is yeah. that um, they will counter sue to have your record expunged, but then sue you for damages as well. God damn it! This is for, getting <laughs> for, for one dollar. For one dollar, they'll sue you for one dollar. So, it, so they're not going to just say, "I want to have my record expunged for this false complaint." They're going to say, "I sue you for one dollar in damages." For, for basically, and, and and they don't even specify like what I did, you know. They just say I'm going to sue you for one dollar, and I would like to have my record expunged. You know why they do that? Why? To be, to be petty, right? To avoid filing fees. It's all to avoid these extra fee to like it. It's just to have oh. to pay less money in the filing fee because expungement as a process is more expensive to file with Finra. It's cheaper for. You don't have to pay your lawyer as much, basically. Whereas if you um, just file for one dollar in damages, the filing fees are much lower. This is so co- kooky. <laughs> yeah, this is so kooky. <laughs> so if you look on these FINRA arbitrations uh, for these expungement hearings, like uh, request that you uh, so we're going to sue you for one dollar and uh, expunge your entire record, and it, the yeah the filing fees are just like much cheaper. So this is just like a clear way for people to avoid having to pay as much. Um, to FINRA and in theory FINRA is the organization who they don't take tax money they only get their money from the securities industry giving them money yeah 
So this is just like, so you just have a comp, you have this like complicated sort of like purposefully murky thing within an even more complicated, more purposely murky thing, like all because of arbitration. This is a Matroshka doll of, uh, of, 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 of. Murky. What is, is Mac- what is Matryoshka doll? The Russian doll. This oh the- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a Russian doll. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's so yeah. It's so murky. We don't even call it a Russian doll. We call it a Matryoshka doll. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> dude. I hope we fucking can. I hope we have confused the hell out of you today. Like before, like during our big short episode, I wanted that to be as clear as possible. I want this to be fucking confusing. This I is- want you guys to. I want you guys to be fucking boggled and just scratching your stupid heads. You know, <laughs> just wondering what this is, so you can know how full. Up it is, uh, and that, and, it's, and that's again, that's the whole point of arbitration is just yeah. so that you won't understand it and you won't know about it. So uh, we are maybe uh, doing our job in that sense. Um, but and I guess uh, they uh, and also the last thing they want to do is they want to limit the uh, statute of limitations. Do you guys know what statute of limitations are? Yeah, it's when you can say if you've done fucked up stuff. It's been long enough. If it's been long enough. Yeah, it's the it's the amount of time in which you can sue. Somebody oh, after yeah, after yeah, something yeah. after a crime has been committed or a civil issue has been committed. Yeah, it's like the good. It's like when it, when you have somebody on a podcast, like it's like when somebody goes on Joe Rogan's podcast, but they're like a little bit older. They're just like, yeah, man, I was selling so much crack back in the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because statute of limitations on crack. And people, maybe, and they're like, you know, yeah, I can talk about it now. Nothing bad can happen to me. Yeah, you they know? talk to their lawyer beforehand, and they're like, okay, well now I can just admit to these things. Yeah, um, you yeah. can put it on your calendar and get a notification when you're free to disclose something that happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Precisely. Yeah. So, so basically, um, the last thing the FINRA wants to do is they want to shorten the statute of limitations for when you can seek an expungement. So you want to get rid of... Your, so there's like... This is going to get really confusing for a sec. You, they want to yes. limit the amount of time um, that you can seek an expungement to expunge your record. So let's say 20 years ago, Danny Commit was accused of... Breaching my fiduciary duty. Oh, I breached him with by putting a bidet <laughs> that blew my balls off, or whatever happened. Yeah, financial, yeah. financially. Yeah, right? yeah. As a metaphor, and he wants to get that off of his record. Well, Finro would want to short and be like, no, no, you have to wait five. It has to be within five years. Of yeah, that, yeah. Of that allegation. Yeah, because if you could just expunge something after any amount of time, then like, then there's no, you know, there's no, there's no way to hold anybody accountable. Yeah, exactly. Because then, like, it, let's say that, like. Um, someone accuses you and they win and then 20 years later they die and then you would say, I want to get that expunged from my record now that they're dead and I'm not going to have them defend or like litigate this. I want to get that off my record because I don't want that on my record anymore. And it's like, they can just do that. Does that make sense? Why that's, uh, yeah, it's it's a little confounding, but like at the same time, I get the general gist of it for sure. Yeah, it, make, um, it makes total sense to me. So they wanted to shorten the time. Uh, some like if you're the one who's getting um, who's got the, the the mark on your record, you want to shorten the time. So yeah. ideally, I'd want it to be like I'm going to commit this crime, and then I've got enough money to get it expunged tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want to ha- yeah, exactly. Well, you want to have the ability to get it taken off of your record. For as long as you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to yeah. be able to. You want to play that long. Yeah, game. you want you want to be able to have the ability to get it removed from your record indefinitely. Yeah. Um. Yes. You want if that if that makes sense. So Finner wants to be like, no, no, no you gotta, you can only do it within a five year period. Um. So, um, they're making some of the changes. They've already uh, 
got the they're doing the one dollar nominal damages thing, the one dollar suit. They're uh, getting the f- specialized pool of arbitrators, and now I think they just got to short the statute of limitations. I yeah, I guess one thing to clarify, and one thing one thing to clarify about this that um, uh, I think is is somewhat coming through is that like expungement or not just expungement, but like arbitration as a whole is kind of, it, it kind of comes across as one of those sort of like actual unity Democrat kind of things yeah. where it's not just Bernie or Elizabeth Warren who want it, but it's most people who are on the left in general or people who even would be quite neoliberal in this case. And that the people who don't want it are just like, just kind of evil, you know, yeah. just, just, just bad. You it's, know? Definitely, it's definitely a left center, left unity issue. Yeah. You know, like, like with like abortion or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. on that level and i think that's because arbitration is a lawyer's issue and lawyers are more center left than left oftentimes oh yeah you know because they're wealthier um and so they're going to be more like process oriented and we want this process to be fair and we believe in the system and making the system good to right the wrongs of these individual people who have been harmed whereas the left is like no, no no this is like we need to have the working class uh, you know, defend ourselves against these financial advisors, advisors who are like building guns, yeah, yeah. And selling <laughs> yeah. them to their friends, He's building antique guns, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, I think that's a little bit of like a um, kind of a difference, um, but it, it is still something that matters to us as well because any time that we interact with another agent in capitalism, there's a very uh, reasonable chance that we are going to encounter an arbitration agreement and it'll just be swept under the rug you yeah. know and and any so any issues that we have any violations of law are essentially being swept under the rug into arbitration uh sir sir i'm trying to turn into precedent or it yeah. can't turn into precedent sir exactly. i'm trying to sell my toothpaste and you're trying to send me an arbitration court sir uh, <laughs> uh, it hurts to do. <laughs> I don't even have a Corona. It hurts to do. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, I mean, I, if, in, in some ways it's kind of like you are signing a contract to contract away your legal rights. So in essence, you are like creating a, I don't know, like kind of an economic agreement that takes precedent over your legal rights. Yeah. It's you like know? those agreements that you get on phones every time you update your software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where there's like you're just like no, no, no. You got to scroll all the way to the bottom to even get into uh, uh, Snapchat. Yeah, and there's a mandatory arbitration agreement in that day. You have to like arbitrate in like Plano, Texas, or like Cupertino, California, or something like that. Usually, it's Plano, Texas. I think there's one judge there that's like really, really, really favorable to corporations, <laughs> um, or sir, like some arbitrators there that sir, are really favorable. The only thing I fit in my goddamn ten gallon hat is a big old. Uh, uh, big old swath of Pepsi. Just <laughs> <laughs> a cowboy with a hat full of soda. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, guys, it feels like we've covered it all today. I think we. <laughs> really, I'm really cracking myself up. <laughs> I'm really uh, enjoying it. <laughs> all right, well, uh, sayonara from the ten gallon Pepsi boys. Yeah, yeah, ten uh, gallon Pepsi boys. This has been pounds of screen. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, uh, stay, yeah. stay clean out there, friends. Yeah, all right, yeah. yeah. All right. Wash your Good. hands. Hoard Purell. This is yeah. Gabe Pacheco. I'm David. Uh, I'm Danny. God <laughs> bless you. I'll see you later. Bye. 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 Pre- Bye. We press stop. Yeah, button. we can stop it. Okay. <laughs>